tuned for The Lynn Show. Today I'm airing an interview with costume designer and image consultant Susan Angerman. Susan learned to sew when she was eight, and although she fell in love with dance and gave quite a lot of her life to it and explored other ways of working and making a living, she always came back to sewing to creating clothing for people to wear on stage and in their real life. Listen to this charming woman talk about what it's like to know who you are and to be true to it. Hang on, here come the show. Hearing from an inner voice Finding choice about being the person you really are. Not the person you think you have to be, or the person other people are, or or the person someone told you you had to be, but the person you really are. Unfortunately, so many people get the idea that their childhood, there is something about them that isn't okay, something about them that they shouldn't be, something that they naturally are, but ought to be ashamed of, and decide to pretend that this or that isn't true of them, and get so good at it that they forget that something that was natural to them and 
isn't true. And they come into adulthood in denial for things which are really true for them. So the Lynn show is about saying that if this happened to you, if there was something essential to you that God left behind, it is not too late to recover it. In my shows, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art, because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. And when you listen to Susan Angerman, you are listening to a woman who always knew who she was. And although there were moments in her life when she tried on a different way of being, she knew very quickly this was not right. And she went back to being Susan. It's lovely to listen to someone who really knows who she is and honors it. Here now is Susan Angerman. Okay, I'm here with Susan Angerman. And I'm explaining to Susan that I interview people who make their living or their life with an art, okay? And am I correct in assuming that the art at which you are spending some of your life making some of your living is the art of costuming? Yes, <laughs> making some of my living part of my life. Okay, good. So I only ask one question, mm -hmm. and it is, can you tell me, do you remember the very first time in your life that costumes, clothing, looked interesting to you, drew you? Well, clothing, yes, because my mother was a good seamstress and mm -hmm. made all our clothes, and I learned to sew from her. I started sewing when I was eight ah. and started making doll clothes and my own clothes. So I've always done that. I was interested in dance. When, okay. did, when did that start? What was the beginning of dance for you? Oh, first grade, probably, yeah. Were you prancing around the house and your parents said, oh, she likes to dance, we'll give her a tap of ballet? Or they just, they, you don't know how it no, happened. No, You I found yourself yeah. in, a, in dance class. Right. And you liked it. Yeah. And when I was about 11, the dance teacher said, you know, I can no longer take you further on. So were you saying, I want to do more or? Mm -hmm. At that point, uh, ballet was my real interest. Mm -hmm. And so I studied at the um, Charleston Ballet Company School of Ballet and maybe studied for a year. And after summer vacation one year, I said, I don't want to go back anymore. Wow. And my mother, wise woman that she was, she said, try it for one month. And then if you don't like it, you could quit. Wise woman. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, as soon as I got back to the first class, I was like, yeah, I want to be here. <laughs> no. Okay, so you go back and you say, oh, yeah, right, I remember. I really love this, yeah. right? And so what happens? Well, I um, kept going to classes, and I think I was 14 when I was asked to join Charleston Ballet, which was a very small company at that point. And there was a very good teacher choreographer running the company so it was good training and good opportunity and so I joined the company and stayed with it through high school and for a year or so after that before the company folded. Okay now 14 seems yeah. very young. Uh, 14's not all that young in ballet. I ah. mean that's kind of like your beginning years but uh, ballet has a very short lifespan for a lot of dancers so if you're in your mid-20s you're getting close to yeah over it 
but this was a mixed group. Some of us were that young. Some were um, 20s. I think there was one or one person at least who was in her 30s. Um, so it was a real range of people. And there were a few men in the company and mostly women, of course, like it always is. Mm -hmm. But it was a broad range yeah. of people. And you stayed all through high school. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had um, very little social life connection to my high school because every day after school, mm -hmm. I would immediately go for classes and rehearsals. So all my deep friendships at that time were made through the ballet company. So were you thinking that dance was going to be your career or your life? Not ever that seriously. There were a couple of people in the company who did go on and really begin to make a career for themselves. I didn't. It just went as far as it could go there. And I think one of the reasons was the work we were doing with that particular company at that time was very satisfying artistically. So there was enough opportunity. I didn't feel like I had to go somewhere else to get a full benefit from dance. Okay, so what, were you thinking what else you might be doing with your life? No, I don't plan that far ahead. No, you were just, <laughs> no. You were just going one just, day yeah, at a time. Yeah. Okay, okay at, well. At that point, let's see. Um, certainly the sewing had continued because being a very small, poor company, we had to make our own costumes. Uh. That was a beginning transition into costuming. So you're, you're, you're graduating from high school. Are right. you thinking about what you're doing? I knew I wasn't going to go to college. My parents kind of wanted me to. The only school in the area that I could really afford to go to, I had no interest in. I did want to keep dancing at that point as much as I could with the company. And for a short period of time, they had a grant that allowed them to pay a few dancers so I could be a full-time professional dancer for about six months. <laughs> you know? And I picked up office jobs, uh, you know, just to supplement income. Um, got married when I was 21. And then when I, I think maybe a year or so after that, my first husband and I moved to New York City, mainly to just um, live there and go see things. I wasn't intending to go get into a dance career there. Mm -hmm. I took a few classes, but it was costly and time consuming, and it was, it was just done. And then through friends, I was offered a job at the Metropolitan Opera Guild in their ticket service department. So I did that for about three years. And at that point decided that I wanted to be on my own doing something else. On your own meaning? Not working for somebody yeah, else. Right. So I went to design school, French Fashion Academy in New York, which is where I studied the pattern making, draping, sewing for fashion, mm -hmm. and started doing freelance work. So when you went back to study fashion design, were you thinking about this as a way to make money as a career? Yes. You were? I was thinking I would be, you know, set up my own uh, dressmaking business design, something like that, small scale. Yeah. I right. was not looking to go into the 7th Avenue fashion industry. 
But um, after I finished the course at French Fashion Academy, I spent three and a half or so years there teaching. It was during that period that I got interested in getting back into theater work. I knew I wasn't going to dance, so I decided to go in through costuming because wow. I could combine, mm -hmm. you know, what I knew. And I went to uh, Barbara Matera's costume shop in New York, which was the predominant costume shop in the city. They did, you know, American Ballet Theater, and they did all the big Broadway shows, and that was the place. And so I worked there for a year, and at the same time got freelance design work for some small productions. That's I took a couple of classes, you know, I took an illustration class from one woman who was teaching out of her home, and I took some um, other theater design classes from a small independent school down in the village and kind of pieced together um, information and contacts that mm -hmm. just kind of built. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you kept following whatever felt right at the moment, and mm -hmm. it led to wherever it went, right? It really did. Yeah. I did go back to French Fashion Academy and taught for about another three, four years there. Teaching, doing some freelance costume work, doing some freelance pattern and sample making for independent designers, other designers, just, you know, kind of piecing it together. A little bit of wardrobe assistant for TV. So I was just kind of... Yeah, it's lovely. Know. It was. It's, it's you're fun. spending virtually all of your time doing something that you really love, that you're not only good at, but getting better and better at. Mm -hmm. You didn't actually say this, but the implication, to me anyway, was that you just love the theater, that you like being involved with theatrical productions, right. with the theater community, with people like, you know, am I wrong about that? No, that's true. And I think what it is for me is not only is it just the, you know, the costume, the clothing and um, the dance background, but it's it's really about the people you work with and the fact that it's collaborative yes. and you have to work with others to make a production happen. And that's really the most enjoyable part. Yeah, you're a collaborator. Yeah. You are comfortable in a situation where you're um, collaborating. And you've created several careers which actually demand collaboration. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, all right, so you spend a whole bunch of years in New York working in virtually every venue that a costume <laughs> person can work in. Kind of, yeah, kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency in this. It just feels natural and, um, and I can't think of the word. Um, episodic, I don't yeah, know, you know? Yeah, you it know? really is. Mm -hmm. And you know, like so many things, you get a job and maybe you apply for that job, but then you never really have to apply for a job again because yeah. somebody liked working with you, so they'll hire you back or tell somebody else about you, and on it goes. Yeah, and of course, what this says is that you are not only good at what you do, but the fact that you like and are clearly good at collaboration. Yeah. You know, that's what makes people want to work e with you. Easy to work with. Easy to work with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here you are in uh, Sarasota. How did that happen? Well, um, I met Chris, my second husband, in New York. We got together um, after a production he directed on which I was the assistant to the costume designer. And then we had our son, Eric, 
and then we got married. And then Chris got work. He was a theater director at that point. So he got work freelance mm -hmm. down here at Florida Studio Theater. Uh -huh. And came down for a show, then was asked back to direct a summer series of plays. And we came down for maybe six weeks, then went back to New York. And uh, he was offered a job at Florida Studio. And we thought, oh, we don't want to move to Florida. No, no. God, no. God you're a New Yorker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know. It. I yeah. know. So we turned that down. We had started talking about, okay, we don't want to stay in New York, but where do we want to go? And the phone rang one day, and it was the artistic director of Florida Studio, who would call Chris, and, you know, when he was in town, he'd call him, and they'd get together and chat, you know. But that day, I picked up the phone, and he said, hi, this is Richard Hopkins, and instantly, I knew we were moving to Florida. <laughs> There yes. was no reason. There had been no further discussion right. of a job opportunity or right. anything. Right. But I knew. Yeah, this is how you act anyway. This is yeah. what happens to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is the next move, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. And they continued to negotiate for months. <laughs> well, I knew we I were know. going. <laughs> no. It's wonderful. So that's what brought us here in September of 93. Okay, so you moved to Florida. We so what happened? So Chris started work at Florida Studio as an associate director, and because I had costume design background, I started designing freelance there, and then I also designed a show at the Players Theater. The Players hired me as their costume shop manager. So I continued to design an occasional show at Florida Studio and be costume manager at the Players. So I was at Players for nine years, mm -hmm. and I decided that I wanted to start my own business doing wardrobe image consulting. And so I left the Players. I continued to do, I think, some freelance design work, but I took a job as an outside salesperson for a small office supply company thought it would be fun, you know, people, yeah, people, yeah, right, talking. Right, right. big mistake. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> they were great to me. I have nothing bad to say about it's them. It's just not just what you not do. Me. It's not who you not are. The no, right choice for no, me. no. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, for one thing, it's not collaborative. It's no. solo. Yeah, it is more solo. Yeah, absolutely. Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So then right after that, I got the opportunity to go be shop manager at Florida Studio. Mm -hmm. So I did that for seven years, at which point I left that job <laughs> to do freelance work again, and that's how I'm now doing freelance costume design at Florida Studio. Now, I'm just curious. You said when you left the players, you were going to do, it sounded like helping people dress. Yes. What What? Did, what what well, did you call that, it's, and it's, what did you do? It's, it's, a, real, it's a real business, image oh, consultant. Image consultant, yes. right. Yeah, and so I had uh, attended a seminar given by a very good image consultant, and it was a very thorough program. And I was sitting there thinking, I can do that. I know that. Yes. I know all that stuff. <laughs> I can do that, <laughs> you know. So I did. Um, and I still do that. I'm in this transition phase where I need to focus more on building that. So and does that mean you tell people what to wear in order to present an image? Does that mean that you take them shopping? Mostly it means that I go 
to their home, talk to them about their lifestyle, mm-hmm. and you know what's their pain point as far as clothing goes. Most of the time it's people who say, I've got all this stuff in my closet and I don't have anything to wear. We work first on colors that look best on them, lifestyle, and then I actually go into their closet with them and we go through everything. We take it all out, mm-hmm. sort it out. I help them identify the pieces they have that are in their best colors, start getting rid of what really doesn't work on them. Mm-hmm. And that takes about four hours average to do. And I also help them make a shopping list of what they need to make the pieces To fit that they the, what have. they already yeah. have. Right. Yeah. Because it's not about, oh, you have to throw out everything and go shopping and right, buy right, right, right. a ton of clothes. Please. To work with them on that and to help them understand what pieces work better for their lifestyle, maybe some new retail sources that they can check out to find things that work well on them, body type, you know, um, business appropriate if that's what they're in, or maybe they're just on their condo board or Mm -hmm. committees and something, and what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So I really help them over that hurdle. It's not unlike designing for a show. No, it's very similar, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the skills are back and forth Mm -hmm. because I'm dressing actors, I'm dressing people. I don't do really very much being personal shopping. It's too time-consuming and very costly, and I would rather teach them how to do it for themselves. Okay, so what's coming up at FST that you will be costuming? My first project is the first cabaret that opens... uh, first week in October and it's called Unchained Melodies and it's I always love working in the cabaret because it's live music Mm -hmm. which I love and admire Um, small number of actors you know a tight production so Mm -hmm. it's not a not an overwhelming task to do and so it's a lot of 50s, and then it moves into the 60s. So my task there is to get a look for the first act. It then looks like it's a little updated for the second act. You know, I've done enough of them there now that I kind of understand the parameters of the job. Um, the look they mm-hmm. want on stage, the where the things get over a long run, mm-hmm. the budgets, all that kind of yeah. thing. Okay, so are you going to do any of the shows in the in the season, or maybe? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean they've talked to me about two other cabarets and one of the stage three readings, but I'm not contracted on that yet. Okay. And right. you know how that works—you're not doing it until you're contracted. Yeah, until you've signed the deal. Uh, so when people come out to see Unchained Melody, they will know that these people are wearing costumes that you designed and put together, right? Sure, because yeah. my name's in the program. Yes, your name's—that's <laughs> exactly right. My little bio. Yeah. Okay, so I have only one other question. Usually when I interview people who make their living or their life with an art, there's an art that has a through line. And the through line for your life is certainly sewing, clothing, design, what people wear, mm-hmm. right? Right. And dance. It's, it's so interesting that you fell in love with dance but didn't want to continue to use it as, a, as your life. Mm-hmm. So my question is, having given a life to creating clothing for people to wear, right? but also having allowed your life to evolve instead of predicting it, planning it, intending it, demanding it, mm-hmm. 
what would you say about what that's like to have lived like that and to have given your life to this kind of work? Well, to a great extent, it's who I am. I don't know another way of being. You know, I do work with a personal assessment tool called the Colby Index, which evaluates how people take action to accomplish what they're striving to do. So I have been certified in that for 11 or 12 years now. So it was, gave me a deeper understanding and a confidence in being that way and not trying to fit somebody else's mold. Yes. So I understand that. I work that way. Um, that does not stress me out. Some people have a need for certainty, and I'm fine with a lot of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. More of a risk taker. Right, you know? this is who you are. Yeah. And, you know, the, the art has evolved from drawing pictures when I was in the second grade, studying art in high school, getting into illustration in the costume design world, pulling that all together. You know, so it all does kind of yeah. come into a way of being for me. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, I certainly... I know I could not choose another path, and I think the office job taught me that <laughs> once and for all. <laughs> I was like, okay, you got it now. <laughs> it's a perfect place to stop. Yeah, yeah. Thank as you I said, so in much. Awesome. Thank you. The Lynn Show is about being the person you really are, and as you can hear, Susan knows who she is, and she is true to it, and she enjoys it. And she doesn't question it. And so she demonstrates that it is possible to be the person you really are. It is the mission of the Lynn Show that when you listen to people like Susan, you're asking yourself, is this how I feel about my life? Am I being the person I really am? Am I pursuing the work that most fits me? Is what I am doing with my days, with my life, what I want to be doing? Well, again, if this isn't so, I want to encourage you to ask what you might have left behind, what you might want to be doing that you're not doing, what you might be that you're not demonstrating. As always, I hope you got something from this show that you can use, something that you learned that you didn't know, something that inspired you, something that will bring you back. Because as always, I will be back, and I sure hope you will be, too. You see, I'm getting older. My hair is turning gray. Oh, you see my face and figure. I've both seen better days. Well, I won't be retiring. I won't slip out of sight. No, I will not go gentle. Into that good night I won't go with a whimper I am going with a bang Life's a song I keep on singing Not a tune that I once sang I just keep returning Like some goddamn
time has come and gone Oh, won't I please get off the stage Let someone else get on Well, I, I won't be relegated Or leave without a fight No, I will not go gentle Into that good night But it ain't over yet Cause me and Sister Phoenix We won't give up the flight, no, no We will not go gentle Into that good night And I won't go with a whimper I'm going with a bang Life's a song I keep on singing Not a tune that I once sang I may not be as juicy, hell But I still got some tang So you won't hear me simper I may have gotten 